Content warnings for this epilogue include death of loved ones, grief, romance, references to sexual entanglements, and complex and complicated relationships. Epilogues Part 2 Jaron Cotter The year is 407 AT, Tiger 19, five months after the stars came back. Mid-autumn light filters through a window, illuminating a long, richly threaded tapestry. This tapestry weaves an epic tale about love and loss, heroes and villains, friends and loved ones, paragons and keepers, a monumental story about magic and muse, fate and doom, oblivion and salvation. A hand flashes into frame, glassy and artificial, pulling a thread out of the ribs of a morosen loom. And now we pan out to find Jaron Cotter, putting the finishing touches on the tapestry of the Second Stranger War. What final note are you weaving into this story, Jaron? Jaron is weaving the ending, or actually, really the beginning of the tapestry. The beginning of the story of the Second Stranger War of the Paragons this time around of their victory of the way in which love, after everything, it was love that brought us together, that allowed us to save Andake. Next, we find you, Jaron, trekking across the blue ice of the commune, your tapestry carefully wrapped and stored, making your way toward a collection of colorful shanties and huts upon Zima Lake. The fissure of Bolshaya has been sutured mostly shut with wooden bridges, and the capital of Morose is bustling with activity. We cut now to you, standing in a town square, presenting this tapestry before the Council of Elders, before the people of Bolshaya, and before the community of the commune, and Andake herself. And as all these people gaze upon your handiwork, a smile cracks across Elder Pohaku's face, and the crowd surges forward, cheering and chanting and singing, planting kisses and hugs and handshakes upon the very overwhelmed Jaron. And Jaron, I want you to tell me, how do you respond to your community hugging and accepting you after a decade of ice? Overwhelming is the correct uh, word for it, I think, because ever since Jaron can remember, they have tried to do right by their community. They have tried to do right by his family, by his friends, by the people that he loves, and always stumbled, always failed in some way, and was vilified, shunned for it. Rightfully so, of course. And to be here right now and to be accepted by everybody, to be loved by everybody, it's overwhelming. And I think Jaron through the hugs, through the crowds, starts to tear up, but happy tears. And he looks past everybody's shoulders over, and I think in the background is the monument, the memorial, to everybody that was lost in the cataclysm. And they think about their parents, the people that they lost, who couldn't be here for this, who couldn't see Jaron as he is now. And it's bittersweet. Because, for once, he thinks that they would have been proud of him. And we cut now to a humble patch of grass in the middle of Kirtal. It is a year later, 408 AT, and Jaron, you are helping Dusty garden. You're showing them how to push seeds into the earth, how to cultivate new life, how to breathe hope into being. And behind the two of you, Framed by tentative new shoots of black glass saplings, we see a bhikkhu and Shrinyi constructing a building of some sort. And speaking of construction, now we push across this scene to find the kingdom of Too Long, a few months after this scene, and the third snow of winter falling upon the slumbering palace. Jaron, 
You stand in front of a crumbled academic building, one of many structures still ruined in the shuddering wake of war. You're flanked by Shepard on one side and Emperor Zhen of Xiong on the other. We push through this ruined building now into the darkness, and then when we pull back out to find the light again, we see that same building now repaired. The snow is gone, and now summer flowers sprout in perfumed abundance, and the Royal Library of Tulong stands nearby, sharing the selfsame plaza as the now-established Academy of Entropomancy. We push through this very busy courtyard full of excited students and confident scholars to find you, Jaron, at the front of a lecture hall. This room is packed to the gills with students, no fewer than 200 at least, diligently taking notes and squinting at the chalkboard at your hand, trying to memorize your lessons. And as we sweep across this crowd, we find a large half-orc with a soft, round face shaped like a pumpkin, Gwyn. We see a brown-skinned tiefling with a rhino's horn protruding from his face, Azen. We also see a human girl with long black bangs that hang in front of her face, obscuring her eyes very moodily, Mao. And we also find a confused-looking water ganasi person with blue skin, the sea green and black hair, an upper arm tattooed with rolling waves, and a general smell of salt water and wolf fur about them, uh, as well as two familiar-looking young adults, a kenku person and a halfling girl, both of their robes stitched with the motif of copper scales. And also in the lecture hall, we find Prince Tao Mei and Prince Tao Rong, twin half-elf children of the sixth husband, doodling in their notes and not paying very much attention at all. So Jaron, tell us, what are the closing remarks of your lecture for this last class of the day? I think Jaron, with a flourish, kind of finishes writing the last bit of the notes that they were putting up on the chalkboard, taps it a couple times, and turns around to face the class and says... And that is why we have to remember that even though entropy is always funneling towards destruction, that there is a way to redirect that energy into something else, into creation. And that is what is the fundamental principle, the first principle, we might say, of entropomancy. That will be on the exam, by the way, so please remember to write that down. There is a scattering of groans, I think, across the lecture hall and a couple of excited looks from the nerds. Uh, and then I think you hear like a bell ring for the end of the day. All right, everybody. Uh, remember that you have uh, two papers that are due next week. No, you cannot choose one or the other. You do have to do both of them. Uh, and if anybody has any questions about that, come see me during my office hours. I love this. Yeah. Uh, so I think as your students pack up their things, they start to come down the stairs and file out of this lecture hall. Uh, and you, I think, also perhaps gather your lecture materials and start to pack up your little podium and your desk as well. And perhaps once everyone's out, uh, once you make sure that there are no students unaccounted for, you also head for the door. And waiting for you in the hallway is Oka. And sitting there in front of the door leading out to this open summer courtyard is a wolf, a kind of shaggy looking gray wolf sitting there looking at the door uh, with two mismatched eyes, one of which has two pupils in one socket. The wolf kind of tips its head at you and goes, woof, woof. Not the wolf, woof. <laughs> I thought you were actually going to bark and instead you went woof, woof. Yeah, it's the words woof woof instead of an actual bark that come out of the out of the wolf's mouth. Uh, Jaron laughs at that and uh, goes to on purpose goes to very uh, patronizingly like ruffle the wolf's head. Hey there, lover. You wanna you wanna change out of your wolf form for me? And Oka unfolds out of this body. Uh, they don't have they don't have to wear all four wings and all eight halos anymore. With a little bit of patience and understanding, they figured out how to take their paragon form off and on. 
Uh, similar to how they are very, very much uh, more comfortable shifting in and out of different forms. Uh, and they kind of unbloom out of themselves uh, to come stand next to you in these like long, dark robes. And they smile and they tilt their head and they go, what can I say? I like the attention from the students. They always give me treats. And as soon as Oka has blossomed into their uh, humanoid form, once again, uh, Jaron pulls them in and kisses them. And Oka returns the kiss. And when they pull away, they're kind of already walking like hand in hand, leading him towards the teleportation dais. And they kind of call, you know, if your lectures go on for that long, Kane is going to have to start pushing dinner back. And you know how much of a problem that's going to be. Kane can wait. I mean, we are on the brink of new discoveries in the school of entropomancy. Isn't that more important than... I'm, Kane can reheat the appetizers, I mean, if they get a little bit cold. You and I both know that Kane cannot and will not be reheating the appetizers, and they would say, in fact, <clears throat> No, Jaron, my appetizers are actually more important than whatever artistic or, I don't know, whatever discovery you think that you're making in that silly little school of yours. How is that as an impression? I hate that you're so good at that. I know. It's the whole soul fucking thing, as you know, get used and to that the, for a while. And the shape shifting thing, I'm sure. I've gotten better. I think between the two of us, I might be able to mimic a little bit better than you now, pretty boy. Oh, okay, okay. We don't need to go that far. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I pushing it? A little bit. Oh no! What are you gonna do? Stab me in the heart? Several times, actually. <laughs> we'll hurry up before we'll get to that after dinner. All right. And I think uh, Jaron kind of like pulls Oka by the hand uh, very gently onto the teleportation dais and uh, puts in the appropriate runes in order to go to Kane's. And I think as light bubbles up from the runes and wash over the two of you, we cut now to Nabal. Inside a lavish banquet hall with thick silken rugs and more food than the eye can see, we find, sure enough, Kane presiding over a lavish dinner party for the hounds. Kane is in the middle of saying rather passive-aggressively, emphasis on the aggressively, as they're twirling a knife between their fingers and not really eating their appetizers. Well, you know, it is fine. It's fine that the steak tip Papa's had to be reheated. It's okay. We do have the best chefs this side of the godspine, but um, it was a shame. It was a shame. They're never quite as succulent reheated. I tried to tell him, but you know what the teacher says when he's teaching the most important discoveries in the last 200 years. Jaron, I think, doesn't say anything, but from the other side of Kane, from where Oka is, I think leans into Kane and kisses them on the cheek. Oh, come now, you look so much nicer when you smile. Are you seriously just telling me to smile right now? You little, and they sort of like slap your fingers playfully with their knife. And listen, the most important discoveries for the next 200 years are right here. And what does that mean? Well, you're not about to find out tonight if you keep this up. Oh. Uh, and I think Jaron just kind of, like, flushes a little bit uh, and looks around the rest of the table, uh, which coincidentally uh, is all of their other partners, plus Mercy, uh, here as well. And so they kind of just flush and... Uh, <laughs> straighten themselves out, and I think they start making busy work, like cutting uh, uh, cutting their food, which is already cut, I think, and they're just cutting it even smaller and smaller and smaller to have something to do. You know, Kane, for a brat yourself, you're a pretty good brat tamer. <laughs> uh, Kane just says, listen, all I'm gonna say is one of my signature weapons was going to be a whip. But then I did decide on the twin dagger thing. Whip was a little overdone, and then now that's like Rev's whole thing. She uses a scythe now. Well, before she used a scythe, she used a whip. A thorn whip. You seem to know a lot about Rev's weapon use from before, Kay. <laughs> I keep tabs on all of the paragons and all of the keepers. The second stranger war may be over, but the next gay people war is, <laughs> is 
brimming on, is is brimming on the horizon. Well, it's good we have our tactician here, Sitlali. What would you make of the next gay people war? I think Sitlali had been um, engaged in conversation with Mercy and kind of without skipping a beat, without looking up, just kind of goes, we've got about 30 years. Kane is, as usual, incorrect. And then just like continues speaking to their wife. Ooh, scathing words from the tactician front, Kane. All things considered, 30 years is actually not that far away. Are we really going to have a war in 30 years? I... You know everyone's joking, right? No. Oh. Oh, honey. Um, yeah, it's... They're just kind of kidding. Uh, you, you know Kanan. Sitlali's energy back and forth. Kind of one-upping each other. They're behaving tonight, though. Honestly, this... It, there's a lot of energy at this table, so I'm, I, I'm kind of trying to lay low a little bit, but it's, it's nice. It, it's, it's been a while. I, I do miss everyone. Sorry, gentle. We can all see you. I hate that, but thank you. Oh come on! You have such a pretty face. Why would you hide it? Thank you. And gentle tries to shrink down as much as possible, as they are bright red, as red as they can be. Without looking up, won't work, Moonbeam. I, I I know it doesn't actually work, but it makes me feel like a little bit better. Um, I love you guys. Love you too, Gentle. I love all of you. Uh, that includes you, Mercy, by the way. I'm aware. I feel the same way to you back. Mercy, you can do better you- than that. I L-word you. You literally died for Jaron. You could say it. But you don't have to keep... Fine, fine. I love you, Jaron. Aw, Mercy loves me. Aw, Mercy loves Jaron. Mercy slowly raises her right fist to reveal a javelin she's been sharpening under the table this entire time. (laughs) She doesn't, like, brandish it or anything, just uh, raises it. You know I could catch that. And I think Sulali just quietly puts their hand on top of the fist and like slowly lowers it beneath the table again and goes, yes, yes, I love most of you at the table here as well. You know, Kane, I can't help but notice um, you only gave me a plus one uh, when you notably know that I have multiple partners who aren't present tonight. So um, a note for future gatherings while you're still champion, that is. Oh, huh. Well, I thought it would be fun if you had to choose. You didn't find it fun? I thought it was fun. Why would you do that? How quaint. Jaron leans into Kane and just kind of whispers to them, Han, you can't just force people to pick their favorite partner. Well, it was more of a matter of, I don't want to see Sybil. You know what? That's understandable. But you could have just said that. Is it understandable? Sybil's honestly gotten a lot better. She has. Yeah. Sybil is maybe no longer the literal devil spawn. She has graduated to that of an echo of a succubus. I will allow that. But they are still, at the end of the day, a lapdog for the Aurochs Guild. I, all right. I would like to say, as someone who works with the Aurochs Guild a decent amount, there's been a lot of work on that front to make them just generally better. Uh, also, like, I mean, Sybil doesn't have a menagerie anymore. It's been converted to more of a sanctuary. So, like, they've improved by leaps and bounds. Perhaps it would just be better if the two of them get to grow into themselves separate. Before we put them together into a room uh, with weapons. Or else it really will be a menagerie, I think. Well, if King is have fun, why don't I? Sit, Lolly. Are you telling me you're not having fun? I'm always having fun with you, darling. So don't pout. Well, Jaron gets to do it so much, but I never do. Why are you dragging me into this? I wasn't a part of that conversation. Well, You're yes, a part of every conversation, I'm sorry, Kane. Can you repeat that? Uh, repeat what? I no, thought you just... had such great perception. I don't think I need to repeat anything. I just, you know, for Mercy's benefit. Huh? What? And Mercy's in the middle of, like, drinking? <laughs> drinking a thing? I was just saying... I am in the twilight years of being champion, 
So I have been thinking about what my challenge should be. That's all. Will it be a beauty contest? I don't know. I was thinking something relating to beauty or fashion or art or something like that. But I feel like that's a little too predictable. What do you all think? I mean, if you want it to be something beautiful but unpredictable, what about something that combines the mind and the eye in some way? The mind and the eye. Something intellectually stimulating, but also aesthetically pleasing. Hmm. I like that. Using one's artistry and one's intelligence. Two things that I'm sure you would love to have in a champion after you. That's true. That's true. It does depend what kinds of values I want to uphold for my legacy, you know? Bloodthirst, obviously, was all about killing people, rah, 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 tournament fight to the death, and Atalanta, well, her hands were tied. There was a carnival to take care of. But now, in the era of the second great rebuilding, I want to usher forth a championship built on community and, and shared values and love, and yes, beauty, but also someone who understands the value of letting loose and having fun and laughter as a weapon against darkness. Hmm. You know, Shepard said that there used to be temples dedicated to each of the gods, like specific ones, uh, that the paragons built in the first rebuilding after the first stranger war. Maybe something like that. Hmm. That's actually not a half bad idea. That's actually a very, very good idea. I just have one point of trepidation. I mean, those architectural, smart, you know, nerd types are usually so ugly. How do we assure that the next champion is also attractive? Do they need to be attractive, Kane? Yes. Ah. <sighs> okay. Lolly takes a very pointed sip of their beverage. We're working on it. We'll work on it. We'll workshop the idea. How about that? We'll, yes. we'll work yes, on it. We we'll will. think on it. Yes. Okay. Yes, well, ideate. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. Well, thank you for your input. You've given me much to chew on. Speaking of uh, the gentle wolves, you mentioned earlier, gentle, the work that you're doing with the Aurochs Guild. How's everything going? Honestly, pretty good. Um, It's hmm. all right. I mean this with all the love in my heart. We don't fight a lot and it's been really nice. Uh but it's been it's been good, you know. Um I have been collecting little like pieces of my my cloak just from everyone I've been helping. So we've turned it to more of like a, a communal quilt. And then I managed to get Sybil to work with me on turning the menagerie to like to a sanctuary, like I said, which took a little bit of help from Sit Lolly. Thank you on that, by the way. Um and then uh yeah, it's Oh Mama Lightning is still Oh Mama Lightning, so very stubborn, but means well. Um, so it's been great. Uh, we're finishing up on the mine soon, actually. Um, and I was able to borrow a couple of monsters to help, like, fix that stuff because it, I'm not strong. You know that. Did you ever find that tunnel I told you about? Uh, yeah, I, it took a while. You, I don't, your directions weren't, like, super clear. Uh, but we, Th we got that's there. fair yeah no it was a magic freak tunnel that we were drawn into by the force of the potential for god shards to rest in our souls so all i remember was that i was really 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 sweaty going in just really sweaty in that tunnel yeah i don't think that sweaty is a good direction to find a tunnel though yeah okay yeah i did really appreciate the help though I just remembered what everyone's anxiety smelled like, you know, in the like way that. What does anxiety it. smell like? It smells like uh, the way a snake slithers through grass really fast and moves it. Hmm. Kind of like a coal burning, a spark. Huh. Is it the same for everyone? <laughs> no, not at all. See, when you get really nervous, when all of us at the dinner table decide to pick on you, that smells a little bit more like rope and dagger oil 
to me, at least. And what about your anxiety? Can you smell it on yourself? Certainly not. Blood and charcoal. I... Hmm. Well, it's nice to hear that everything is going well in Dabathati. How is uh, old Mama Lightning, by the way? Uh, she and I haven't really kept in touch uh, uh, since... Like I said, stubborn, uh, but like in a very... Not dissimilar from Mercy, honestly. Like, cares a lot, but doesn't really say a lot about it. But uh, also loves to tell stories. And I, it's fun to kind of sit and listen to them sometimes. Um it's good. It's good. Honestly, you should come and, and visit sometime. I'll, uh, if, if people yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if she's still mad about the whole. Oh, probably. Uh, you know, it probably, but I've done a lot of work to like do some rehabilitation on that end for you. So like, okay. you probably won't get like, you know, zapped. Super murdered. Yeah. Yeah, I would hate to get super murdered. Only lightly murdered, probably. Okay, just, what if we what if we tabled that meeting for when I will get not murdered at all? Like zero murder. You you gotta start some I can only do so much. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. I suppose I suppose when, old Mama Lightning is kind of the last person that I would need to talk to about everything. Yeah. And so. and honestly, we're gonna do a ribbon cutting ceremony eventually when everything's all done. And it would mean a lot if everyone came to visit. Uh, but no pressure, obviously, no worries. Uh, but it would be fun. Uh, you could see, uh, you could see the wolves again. Um, I, I, I do still have the a hounds subsidiary in the title, technically, under the name. Uh, and then Mercy, you could see Wu Ming again. I know how much you, you miss Wu Ming. Uh, yeah, you know, it is, I, I do miss her. I do remember to miss her. Yes. Sit, Lolly and I have been working on it. I've ac- I've actually been improving. I remember her most months. When when you don't forget to go to therapy, yes, 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 yes. Well, I did have to change therapists after the whole it was she cut in disguise incident. Yes, well, I mean there have been we've been through several, but you know we'll find someone who works. Burning through them like rubber. Uh, gentle though, as you tend to do, Mercy. You stop. Okay, okay, now. Anyway, with all the reconstruction and the rebuilding of the mines in Dabathati, how's Bravi's altar been? Is it still getting cleaned? Daily offerings? Yeah. Um, it's been a thing that we've made sure to, I think, focus on uh, keeping it sort of free from any of the construction, just wanting to honor it. Um, so, yeah, it still gets a lot of attention and. Uh, honestly, I, I can pass on some words if you want me to next time I'm in town. Uh, just because I pretty much stay there now, at least for, at least till we're done. Uh, yeah, that'd be nice. I'll write you a note. Of course. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if you ever just need to, I, I can always make a special thing if you just need like a day to yourself there. I, I don't have pull in Dabathati, but I have friends who do. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Gentle, you do have pull in Dabathati. You know that, Moon, right? Moonbeam, you're this, the speaker of Dabathati. You're like the Dabathati. You're like the face and voice of Dabathati. You are Dabathati. Okay, that may be correct, but I don't like to think of it like that. Uh, <laughs> of it, course you don't. We need to get more comfortable being in the spotlight. Uh, I, I, spotlights are still really a lot. I, I, I do what I do because I like to help, not because I, I want attention for it necessarily, uh, unless I can use the attention to help, which has been a lot of Dabathati sometimes. That's what makes you good at being in the spotlight, honestly. Your heart knows the right time. It always has. Thank you. Oh, gentle. How's your other honey doing? You know, one of the other ones, that cute little duke. Is he still helping to rebuild the god spine with all the emissaries and druids and whatnot working together? Uh, yeah, it's like we send a lot of letters back and forth. It's been uh, a lot, but in a good way, it seems really constructive. Um, I don't I don't 
the the emissaries are nice they're a little intense sometimes uh but it's it seems like it's going getting better um i haven't been by in a while uh but i should um and uh i can if you want to talk to root i can always send a letter in your place but i'll be honest i don't think you and root have the would have the best synergy oh no 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 just give him a uh, wink and blow him a kiss for me don't you get enough of that at alliance meetings kane <sighs> well i have to enjoy the rest of my tenure as champion anyway i can speaking of tenure have you gotten onto shadow shifting with the students yet jaron i meant to ask earlier uh, not yet. We're getting there, I think, next month, though. I'm really excited for it, actually. We have two very promising students in the classroom that I think are going to make wonderful candidates for interns. Oh, for interns. I see. Yes. Yes. We need to make sure that the, well, the not quite a laboratory, because that's not quite the work that we do, but the research center, at least in the school, is adequately staffed. I'm sure Abiku could use the help in the summers as well with her school. Yes, we actually have a exchange coming up sometime soon for our students. It's going to be really exciting. And I know that Abiku is, well, she's doing wonderful work out there, maintaining the history of the, of the Titans and everything over there. You wouldn't actually be surprised to know, and I think Jaron just starts to go off on this like long-winded like tangent about how like the history of the Titanic mages and all of their magic and how that is related to entropomancy and how they're uh, actually two of them come from very similar roots of, of magical functioning. And if you were able to combine the two and like he just like keeps going on and on and on about this like very like jargony, very specific like academic magical knowledge. And at the end of it, I think there's like a, a brief stint of silence <laughs> as like people are just letting the lingo linger in the air. And Mercy says, it was our wedding anniversary recently. Congratulations. Thank you, Jaron. And congratulations to what you said. It, Thank you. We, we did elope. We don't have to go on about. It was, it was beautiful it was it was everything you'd ever ask for in an anniversary there were fireworks uh there were multiple white horses that i'd leased from Toktoa. uh a couple of them got away and i still owe her but it's it's it, that's beside the point there were doves there were pigeons there were morning birds there was a whole dinner and a show it was it was good it was a nice intimate time i did have to summon or conjure most of those things but you know and Jaron, I think, like, leans over to sit Lolly and just kind of goes, you know, I was wondering, Starlight, why I never got an invitation to your wedding? You know, um, it was a very private affair. After the whole, after we got back and they shoot a look at Oka. Don't worry, I didn't get invited either. Hmm. Well, at least it wasn't just me. I thought maybe you were mad at me for something. Not this time, no. <laughs> I think Jaron starts going through in their head of like all of the interactions that they have had with Sitlali in the past like week, maybe trying to be like, okay, like, was this, was this, did I do something wrong here? Did I do something wrong over there? And I feel like this is maybe a regular occurrence between uh, the two of them. Jaron, once again, I think you're thinking a little too much. I'm, I'm inclined to agree, which is astonishing coming from me, honestly. No, you tend to side with me. I'm normally right when it comes to the two of us. No, but about overthinking, I tend to not see that as a flaw. That is true. You know, I think we could try something new at dinner today, and for once, maybe everybody could side with me. No, well, no, 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 no. Just, I will just not be doing one, that. For one night, one night. It's a cute idea, though. But no, just, just once. Just see what it, see what it feels like. See what it tastes like. I feel like, I feel like you might enjoy it. Maybe for your birthday. That that's not for that's not for a while. No, it's not. And I think Jaron like pouts at the table. They like have their food in front of them and they're just kind of like like it, it's like not a real pout. I think they're like playing it up for drama. Uh, but they just kind of like sit and like pout at the table and kind of like lean into Kane. Oh, and I think they're there. I think at the pout, Sutlali uh, casts message to Mercy and goes, no, it's cuter when I do it, right? 
<laughs> and Mercy just like nods as she's cutting into her steak and says out loud, yes, <clears throat> yes, of course, obviously, darling. Obviously, it's not even a contest. Mercy, we've talked, it's been so, I've been able, we've been doing this for, mm. oh, right, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> and she looks like she's trying to hatch an egg and you just hear like, like it's, through a tunnel and static, you hear her voice in your head go, You are adorable, darling. And it sounds so strained. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. <sighs> Man, magic does not come naturally to me. No, 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 it does not. And that's fine. Oh the rest of us have magic and surplus for you, Mercy. Yeah. I don't know about yeah. surplus. Yeah. I got enough to get by. Hey! I forget I forget sometimes that you all don't have to listen to the weave all the time. Uh, <laughs> no, it takes a lot of tapping into it, actually, for me to be able to harness it in any way. I can't just bleed about it or, I guess, listen to it. It's, I don't just bleed about it. It's very tactical. Very taxing. Well, yes, bleeding is taxing, but... You do just bleed about it. And there's so much chatter, it's not just listening about it. You have to know, and I think that Lolly reaches up somewhere seemingly random and pulls, like, like there's a small, like, pink flourish and pulls, like, a bouquet of roses. And it's like, it's very... You have to know which parts to listen to. And See, okay, how do you do that? That could have been snakes. It could have been snakes. <laughs> and I think Jerron puts up his hand in a similar, like, attempt to, like, copy what Lolly was doing and tries to, like, pull on the weave. Not really sure what exactly they're supposed to be grasping for. You get a handful of snakes, like several of them, come out of thin air. Oh my god. And, and King just goes, oh, darling, and flicks their wrist and counterspells it back. And the snakes go, they're gone. See, my magic's just mostly, like, an extension of me. So I just kind of, like... I can't like make a wall of like wind in here because of ruined dinner. But yeah, I, you know, I just kind of like thinking I can just, and I like go invisible with empty body for a second and then I like <laughs> undo it. Well, yeah, so everyone knows my magic is gestural and haptic. It's all about dance and performance. And well, my magic is that I have a really big sword and when I hit things hard enough, they die. I do respect your magic, Mercy, as someone who's not that different. Mine's just mostly punching in different ways. Well, I'm not trying to shove anyone into my subconscious by accident, so let's not ask Sen for any party tricks tonight, shall we? Yeah, oh, but they're always so fun. They are always so fun. <laughs> oh, no, never mind. Left. Let's not. I don't agree with Kane. If they're not, sit <laughs> Lolly. Hey, don't hey, be a contrarian. Hey. Are you two getting along? No. No, absolutely not. Well, I don't know. That looked like getting along to me. I just thought that it is fun when Oka uses Sen's powers for little party tricks. Oka's not the only one who uses Sen's power for little party tricks, but... Yeah, well... Whatever. <laughs> and Kane, like, flips their hair and goes I, back to eating. I want to do a fun little thing. Can I see the thread between uh, Sitlali and Kane? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you can. Uh, you tug on your connection to Nebusa and you see it light up. From Kane's direction, it's like a dark midnight blue. And from Sitlali's direction, what color is that thread? Like a bright, angry pink. A bright, angry pink. And where they collide, like the blue and the pink are like, they're like, like fighting each other, you know, like two power beams colliding and trying to like wrestle for dominance. Uh, so I don't want to ruin uh, anything by saying this out loud, but there does seem to be a bit of a clash that could turn into a genuine, like, a uh, sense of uh, camaraderie together. I can just kind of see those still. So sorry to ruin the fun on that. It's fun to watch, though. It's very fun to watch, I have to say. I will always be taller. Yeah, well, I'll always be... <laughs> Kane like sizes you up, looking you up and down, and just says, "The Kane. champion of Nabal, Kane. which you have never been okay. and will never be." There we go. And there you're go. about to not be the champion of. So, yeah. Well, okay. that's just how okay. it works. Okay. Sibali, and I think that's Jerron just kind of comes 
in between the two of them. And you says, know, nothing right. is stopping me from, I am from running for champion. And Silali gets that look on their face where they've no, had no, an no, idea. No, no. Uh, darling, no, darling, Silali. Silali. Ambition's not you good are not, sometimes. You are not trying for the next championship, Silali. Silali, would it make you happy? Deeply and truly. Maybe. They just okay. kind of stab at something. Spite is not the same thing as happiness. We've been over this a few times now. And I think Sitlali is pouting now at their food. Okay. If you want to be competitive, why don't we channel that com- competition into something fun? Why don't we play a game? A game of chance. Blood sports? A game no. of chance. Blood sports are technically a game. No, no. I like blood sports. See, I'm angry that Lolly keeps suggesting things I like. Blood sports it is. Oh, Jaron, but what was your suggestion? You looked so eager, like a little puppy, and then everyone went on our own little tangent, and you looked so trampled on. Speak up, trampled puppy. We can do blood sports if you really want to, but I was thinking, and uh, I think Jaron kind of like fishes into their pocket uh, and pulls out like a deck of cards. And I think they're cards that are specifically uh, stylized and themed after the eight gods of Andake. Um, And they have like different like constellations and stuff on like each one, and they kind of like fan them out onto the table. I was thinking a card game. And then we can do the blood sports. I'm usually so much better at blood sports. I always win. Not always. Mostly. Not always. Mostly. I've bested you in spars many a times. And I've bested you in other ways many a time. I would say that neither of those are many, comparatively. My darlings. But fine, if you want to play cards, then I will humor you. We could play cards first. What do you say? Andron looks at the rest of the group. Sounds good to me. What sports? So Lolly will put their cane back underneath the table. Uh, is cheating allowed? Uh, Never depends. mind. Do it's you... fine. It's fine. Just, what, huh? Hmm? Go on. Well, I was going to say depends. Do you think uh, currying the favor of Scott and Nectus counts as cheating? Of course not. Then no. Uh, that's then no no cheating. I think oh. you're actually at a disadvantage, Kane. Pardon? Keeper. Keeper, keeper, paragon, you're on even ground. Shall shall I remind everyone at this table that Scott and Nexus have literally been inside of my body before? Like once. You're not the only one. Well, it was very, it was memorable and they remember me. I leave a good first impression and a second. Do they? Have you talked to them recently? Would you like to? Well, let's just deal the cards, Jaron. And Gerard deals the cards. And I think as we're playing as well, like during the games, if it looks like Gerard is going to lose any of the rounds, Gerard uses their keeper power, I think, to like undo it and to make it so that he wins that round. And that is something that he is constantly doing. But because the keeper power specifically backfires eventually, I think there are some rounds where it looks like Gerard is going to win. And in a very like unnatural upset, somebody else takes the win. And I think it's the funniest if it's either Mercy or Kane. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Like, you have curried Scott and Nectus's amusement uh, with your hubris. So they strike you down. They set you up and they strike you down. <laughs> with a gay wrist. Yeah. Uh, and as the cards are going on and Mercy's going, ha ha ha, sucker. As she's like pulling in like the fake winnings, right? Uh, she casts a glance across the table over at you, actually, Oka. I know we were just ragging on Kane for not being champion for much longer, but you know, speaking of power changing hands, fresh blood coming in, have you given your own emperorhood any thought, Oka? I mean, are we gonna be friends to the fucking emperor of too long soon? I think my mother father would be quite insulted if you insinuated that you weren't already friends with the emperor of too long, Mercy. Obviously, we're friends with Xiong Zhen. Yes, of course, of course. I mean, everything we went through together, it was, you know, trauma experiences. It makes you real close. But what I mean is, will I get to say on my resume, I have employed the Emperor of Too Long before? Why are you sending your resumes, Mercy? It's just a thing of pride. 
I, I'm not sure yet. I, um, Seongjin, well, she's a lich, so when she decides to step down from the throne, then we'll see. Honestly, I think Toya would make a much better emperor than I would. That's your next oldest sister, right? Mm. You've met her a few times now. Yeah, she's got such a composed air about her. You know, I'm sure she'd do a good job, but don't give up power that easily, Oka. It's right in the palm of your hands. Uh, what I, would you do if you weren't the emperor? Uh, I've I've been spending time with Shep. We've been talking about um, the you know the chasm and Tungal and seeing what we could do for the other worlds. How long would you be gone for? Blink of an eye. I can live with that. Actually, if you manage to see weird things in any of the worlds, could you bring them back? Brit, you, I'm not like the, like the fish. Invasive species like the are kind no, of. Not the, not the fish, but like plants. If, if they're not, if they're not like the, the trees from the chasm, not, nothing Again, like invasive the species are, you know, a consideration uh, for, for something like that. We can't just transplant no, plants. no, no, no. I know, but like I have a whole. I will bring you tea, gentle. From wherever, if I end up going anywhere, I will bring you to you back. I promise. Thank you. Perfect. Yeah, you all never really actually properly explained to me what it was that you saw when you were there. I know you've tried, we don't but have I don't. To, it's the, yeah, no, no the, you can't. No. The, how were fuzzy. fish furry? I can't think about it. I can't think about it. I can't. No, Sun's gonna get ideas. No more. No more. I just. You said it was a fish, but it was a monkey, but it was a bird. No, the monkey was, was the bird. The, the it was the bird, was... and then the fish. Yeah, and there was like the drill worm, and then there was the accordion. Yeah, the I'm sorry, the what now? The the giant accordion that attacked us. Oh my god! I cannot suffer another second of talking about weird, ugly animals. Jaron, deal the next hand. And I think Jaron is kind of sitting there with like the he was shuffling the deck, and it just kind of like stopped mid shuffled to like look incredulously at Gentle and Oka while asking these questions. Right. Uh, yeah. Accordion? Accordion? An accordion attacks you. Okay. I'm so sorry. And Oka unblooms out of themselves, and they turn into the bird. The bird. Oh. The bird. For half a second. And then they flip back into their seat. I will not describe it. Jaron has never been the same ever again after seeing it. I could have gone my whole life without seeing that, you know? Yeah. Mercy threw the javelin. <laughs> it like whizzed past you and lodged in the wall. And Kane had exploded up out of the seat and their, the top of their tail is all puffed up. Who wants the next hand? Um, Jerome I tried, kind of like I tried steals, to warn you. Steals the next hand to everybody. Traumatized. <laughs> Yeah, I think as this next hand plays out, all of you are sort of laughing, traumatized, laughing, traumatized, right, about the bird, just talking amongst yourselves about inside jokes, reminiscing on everything that's happened, that's brought all of you up until this point, playing this game of risk and reward with you, Jaron. And Jaron, I think there's a moment of pause. Uh, it's almost like time slows down a little as you see Kane leaning up against you, their tail curled around Oka's wrist as they're sort of teasing Oka, trying to distract them as they're trying to like steal a look at their hand. <laughs> and then we pan across to find Gentle and Sitlali and Mercy. Mercy's in the middle of just staring at her hand with like her eyebrows furled, like she's concentrating really, really, really hard, like staring at them will make them change. Uh, and as we like pan over to Gentle and Sitlali, we see that they're seated, you know? close to each other maybe as the course of the game's gone on they they've just found their bodies drawn to each other as the night's maturing and then we pan back to you Jaron, as you're just taking all of this in all these threads of friendship and love that bind the hounds together and all of your loved ones as well and as we push in on you holding that hand of cards what emotion swells in your chest relief this is everything Jaron has ever wanted. Jaron has wanted a family for pretty much as long as he can remember. I has never really felt like he could have that. And then when they found the hounds, 
It was in the wake of Apocalypse. It was in the wake of a prophecy that was supposed to take everything that he loved, everything that he held dear away from them. But to be here now with all of these people, with everybody, happy, healthy, thriving, they feel relieved. And on that emotion brimming in your chest, filling up your sternum with warmth, Jaron, we dim the lights on this particular scene. And when the lights come back up, we find you, Oka, and Kane on the roof of the Tower of Risk and Reward, looking up at the stars. So many of them, hundreds, thousands, millions, innumerable, each weaving their own tale as you can draw infinite connections between every point of hope, every point of light in the dark night sky. And it's the three of you and you're laughing despite the cold, you're finding the warmth in each other's company, you're enjoying just being with each other. And Oka, I want you to tell me what is the look that fills your face as you look at Jaron and Kane? Homo, homosexual. Um, easy. Got it down to a science here. Oka's face is tilted up toward the stars, I think, looking up with one of each of their lover's hands in their own, and their heartbeats beating in tandem, and their eyes, their ever-changing gaze, flicking back and forth between something else's and their own. For a moment, as they're staring up at the stars, the starlight kind of like dappling, changing, catching on their double-pupiled gaze. For half a moment, they blink just once, and it's their eyes again both of them for half a moment as they turn and kind of look at Jaron and say it's always nice being monsters with you and I think Kane is also pulling in and the look on their face is that of uncharacteristic almost softness for someone who's always so ebullient and full of extravagance and glamour here with the two of you is the only place the two of you know they feel truly safe to let their self show through, to let their vulnerability rise up between their fangs. And now we pan over to you, Jaron. Unlike the others, I think Jaron, Jaron is stargazing, but they're looking over at Kane and at Oka. They're stars. And they're taking their faces in, holding onto Oka's hand, I think, his tail kind of like wrapped around Kane from the other side. And they take in this beautiful picture and they feel, I think, the like warm air around them in this moment. And as they look back at Kane and at Oka, they say, You two have always been my fate. I always choose you. Stars, kiss me always. Dreams leave me never. I always thought that needed a third refrain. Kane? And love hold me still. And we hold, there, on the three of you, monsters as you found each other. Monsters who love each other not because of, not in spite of, but alongside your monstrosity. <laughs>